Now, the suspects in the gruesome killing of that British soldier, Lee Rigby, were converts to Islam. One of them was associated with al-Muhajirun, a banned Islamist terrorist organization. So what attracts people to extremism? We asked someone who embraced it for several years. Usama Hassan is now with the Quilliam Foundation in London, which promotes pluralism and tries to prevent the disaffected from embracing extremism. But for many years, he was a Muslim extremist. Hassan says it started in his teenage years as he struggled between two cultures in 1980s Britain. As a teenager, I suppose I experienced an identity crisis like most uh, Muslims of our age because we were caught between two worlds. Parents who were often from India, Pakistan, very devout, and we were plunged into uh, 80s London, you know, post-sexual re- revolution where religion was hardly uh, important at all. Two very different uh, cultures and value systems, if you like, on the surface anyway. As a child, you experience that kind of tension. And that void was filled by the radical group which had been set up by a charismatic preacher who taught that your most important identity is as a Muslim and there is a global war going on between Muslims and the rest and therefore we have to be united and we have to unite the Muslims and then fight back, carry out jihad against uh, non-believers. As a 19-year-old undergraduate at Cambridge University, I actually travelled to Afghanistan to train and fight with the Mujahideen against the Afghan communist forces. After 9-11, Al-Qaeda even tried to recruit me and I travelled to Saudi Arabia to meet uh, a couple of their handlers and uh, luckily I came back and politely said no, I didn't want to be part of that. Why not? I I knew instinctively that uh, after 9-11 this was going to be a, a battle of ideas. And also the opposed to terrorism. I'd always been opposed to terrorism, attacking civilians. Our generation travelled thousands of miles to Afghanistan or Bosnia to fight in what we saw as a legitimate war, a just cause. The idea of attacking civilians in your own city, in your own neighbourhood, was just totally repugnant. And the July the 7th bombings in '05 were a massive wake-up call for me because I realised the next generation of radicals had now taken on board al-Qaeda's rhetoric to say that uh, because Britain and America have invaded Afghanistan and Iraq, they have taken the war back into their shores, into Britain and the US, and everybody is a legitimate target there now, Um, uh, hence the uh, attacks on the London buses and trains. So the Boston bombings reminded a a lot of British Muslims of July 7, 2005? Yes, absolutely. The same kind of thing, young people who'd grown up in America but had been fed this hatred and this ideology, this twisted ideology which uh, justified attacking civilians and creating a war zone in a place where there isn't a war. You know, even the appearance, uh, two young men with their uh, baseball caps and uh, sporting gear with rucksacks. We had four young men with rucksacks and sporting gear and baseball caps who attacked London. So what strikes you about the two men who hacked to death this British soldier the other day in London? I mean, they, they were born Christian from what I understand. That's right. They are of Nigerian descent. They were Christian. They converted to Islam some years ago while at college. And uh, they clearly had fallen in with radical groups who were preaching an even more hate-filled version of uh, extremist religion than we were 20 years ago. Some of the next generation, perhaps because they had less strong links with traditional Muslim countries, seem to have lost any sense of spirituality or depth and are really consumed by politics and anger and hatred and the idea of revenge and this uh, imagined idea of Muslims suffering abroad Muslims dying every day. One of the Woolwich attackers said there are Muslims dying every day. Well, 
there are people of all faiths dying every day. You know, life and death is uh, is a part of life. I mean, these, these are all very pointed messages, and there is a large Muslim population in London. Many families have been there for generations, and most are not extremists. So what is this small group that is still listening to these messages? Unfortunately, th- there are a number of groups around the country still peddling these messages. And what doesn't help is that uh, we have a number of preachers from around the world, especially the Arab world, also India, Pakistan, who uh, also teach this kind of hatred and who have spawned a generation of British preachers who are even more dangerous because they have hatred in their hearts to Western society around them. But they're also eloquent. They're eloquent in English. And they're actually just continually reinforcing those messages. There's a lot of groupthink so that uh, these uh, groups don't expose themselves to mainstream society, to wider society, who could challenge their views because they say, well, it's all corrupt, it's all evil and immoral Western civilization, which we want no part of. And so they reinforce those extremist messages. I mean, these are cult-like groups which have a lot of similarity with gangs, with violent gangs. There are many similarities regarding that. Have you found, though, that there are certain personality types drawn to the extreme Islam message? There are a wide range of personalities drawn to this message, unfortunately. Many of these people are very poorly educated in in religion. They're easily taken in by radical preachers. Many of them are uneducated, of course, but others are highly intelligent, university graduates and students. And the the more intelligent ones are drawn to the political aspect of extremist uh, ideology because they see that as a powerful uh, political message which makes sense and, and they feel inspired that they want to change the world as we once did and to you know take on the West and uh, and other powers. Osama Hassan used to believe in Muslim extremism. Now he's involved in trying to prevent it through his work with the Quilliam Foundation in London. Osama, thanks very much for speaking with us. You're very welcome. Thank you.